Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast, day two preview of Cheltenham 2018. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined once again by At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. And we're also joined uh, from Matchbook by Mr. Rory DeLarge. Hello too. So, Rory, we've been talking an awful lot about um, the Cheltenham Festival. It seems like that's all we've talked about over the last, I don't know, it 17 it years. By Monday morning. Yeah, so hopefully uh, you've got all of this cracked for us. Same too for Kevin. Uh, but we'll start with you, Rory, as we kick off with the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Uh, tell you what. Tell you what, this is just an indication of how much business we mean. No chicanery, no joking, no laughing, straight into the Ballymore. Okay, okay, let's go. Well, there was no chicanery, no joking, and no <laughs> laughing until you popped up there, by the way. People uh, wonder if there's something wrong. What's wrong, lads? You're in bad form. By the, by the way, we have to get a box set off you again, because people have been raving about the tunnel after I put it up, so the pressure's on you to put one up. Stop. Right, so Sam Crow is a long odds-on favourite for the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Uh, next Destination was very popular on our preview night on Wednesday, which you can still see on attheraces.com or the At The Races Facebook and YouTube page as well. Um, and really, Kevin, they were the two main ones that we mentioned. But Rory, we'll start with you. Um, I asked Graham Wiley in our Cheltenham special podcast earlier on, if you could have any horse that isn't in your, in your ownership, who would it be? And he said, well, it has to be. It's, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Sam Crow. Um, Bypassing, I would have said Tiger Roll. Bypassing the mighty cause of causes, um, one of the greats in Altior, and straight to Sam Crow. The potential is there. Do you think that this is the right race for him? And do you think that for those who want to get involved at the six to four on, that wheel away, lads, work away, fill up the wheelbarrow, bomb proof? I, I wouldn't recommend backing him at, uh, at four to six, mainly because. Um, well, you asked the question, is this the right race for him? I would rather he was in Supreme and not just because of of, um, of certain anti-post bets. I was going to I say. I just think uh, for a horse like him who's deemed to be a Gold Cup horse down the line, Supreme is um, a really good race to bring Gold Cup horses on. History has shown that. Um, whereas you'd think the Supreme leads to the champion hurdle. Who was the last horse to win the Supreme in the champion hurdle in successive seasons? Ooh, Orla Loire, maybe. <laughs> No, 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 because he was beaten in the champion hurdle. A lot further and then, than that. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Sublimity came out of the Supreme, but he hadn't won it. He finished sixth or no. seventh. I don't know, actually. Yeah, and, um, you're going back to 1970. No way. Really? And that's, yeah, it's almost 50 years since that's a horse bananas. has gone Supreme and then champion hurdle. That is and bananas. And yet, it should. It should be the most obvious transition of all, but it never is. That is... Because the way I, the Supreme is run is very rarely the way that the, um, the, the champion hurdle is run. And, yet the, and yet the Ballymore has produced multiple champion hurdle winners. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so even the ones which are which we might. Hmm. Well, we, talked about, 
Sorry. Go on, Rory. Sorry, I'm interrupting. I was going to say, we talked about um, a different tempo of races yesterday when we were comparing the National Hunt Chase to the, to the RSA and talking about why they might be a bit different um, and why, why one might be more of a test of stamina despite the shorter trip. I think you get the same sort of thing with the, the Supreme and the, uh, and the Ballymore. The Ballymore tends to be more uh, evenly run race. The Supreme has a habit of turning into a mad dash as if there's a six furlong race. Um, and then stamina really comes to the fore at the end of it. Those horses who've got on to win the Gold Cup or go close in the Gold Cup haven't always won the Supreme, but a lot of them have run very well um, and better than the the, um, the previous odds might indicate. So I actually would like to say, if I thought Sam Crow was going to turn into a Gold Cup horse, I would be more than happy for him to run in the Supreme. And he's shown in the past that, um, I think this run in the Deloitte, that um, a well-run race this trip will suit him just as well as the, the two-mile five of the Ballymore one. But that's by the by. I mean, if, if he's going to run here, he's going to run here. But if you want to back him for this race, the fact that there's still a lot of talk about uh, the weather forecast, I know that's getting a bit boring now, but the bottom line is that he's still attracting support for the Supreme because uh, people believe that he might be rerouted, even if that's um, odds against. And therefore, his price... Um, to win the Ballymore is drifting. Now, if you think if you think there's no way in hell they're going to switch him, then you should be backing him on the exchanges at close to even money. I'd say it's about ten to eleven at the moment, um, and that's clearly an awful lot more attractive than than taking the four to six. Um, whether he represents a value bet um, is very much up for debate. He could be an absolute superstar. He could be a lot better than these. But on what he's achieved, he is the pick of them by a, a narrow margin. And if I was pricing this up, I'd have had him in as a, something like a seven to four favorite. So I wouldn't say he's the lay of the festival and you've got to stuck, get stuck into him because he can't win. I just think that because he's the subject of so much hype, he's going to be a few clicks shorter than he should be because people are, are viewing him as the absolute bank of the meeting and they're going to make him a slightly shorter price than he should be. So I can't be tipping him up on this although I don't want to be slagging him off. Um, I think you've got to look for an each-way alternative uh, and find one at a, at a fair price who, again, you know, maybe bet each way without the favourite, maybe bet one each way that you think could turn him over. So you think Nick's destination could do it, and there's not a, there's not a huge amount between them on the forum book. Um, then he makes sense. Um, the the English hope, the big English hope is on the blind side, who's, you know, a short enough price as well. If you're, if you're backing him each way with the favourite, you know, you, you need to think that you've got a chance of turning him over. Otherwise, you're, you know, you're just looking at money back as your best case scenario. Um, the other thing you can do is find one at a, at a slightly bigger price who's underrated. And, and I would put up Black Op um, okay. as, as the underrated one in there. He comes from a very good trial um, for this, the um, uh, the classic novices hurdle um, run at Trials Day. Um, he finished second in it, really, really should have won. Um, he had the race sewn up at the last, uh, but rather bungled it under uh, Tom Scudamore, and then was caught close home by Santini, uh, Santini's favourite for the for the Albert Bartlett. Um, I thought he was the best horse in the day. You'll remember the new one was beaten in that race a few years ago by at Fisher's Cross that's in right, similar that's conditions. That's right, yeah. Having travelled best and just got outstayed. That's what happened with Black Op. I don't think he wants, he doesn't shift like he wants three miles, and that became a bit of a slog last time out. Um, if, if you'd run it on slightly better ground over the trip and given uh, Tom a, a chance of, of going for home slightly later. I think he'd have won that very comfortably, which is true of, um, of the new one as well in his day. Um, 
And I think, you know, 12 or 14 to 1, as he is, um, underestimates him. Tom George indicated that he was almost certainly going to go for this, although Roger Brookhouse does, you know, he has the, the ability to override his trainers. Um, but given that he's got two in two uh, in the same colours by Sandmason, um, one of whom has won the won a Tollworth and one of whom has, has been racing over two and a half miles, it makes sense that um, uh, that this one goes for the um, for the Ballymore. Although comments about how the Supreme and the Ballymore um, uh, differ in terms of their requirements are still valid, but it seems that Black Ops going to run here um, and getting a quarter of the odds at twelve to one. Would be fair enough, I suppose. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be my my biggest fancy of the day or of the meeting, uh, but I think you're duty bound to try to nick a bit of each way value. All right, Kevin Blake. He's saying each way value. I know you were talking about on the preview night about next destination. Who I have to say, uh, Mr. Tony McCoy was uh, putting up as well, and we were having a conversation in Reardon's about the fact that Deming did get beaten this race. So defeat for Sam Crow in this race doesn't preclude him from being a great horse. It just—it's another Cheltenham festival, but they're going to be disappointed if he gets beat. Uh, yeah, look, and there will obviously be a huge amount of expectation there, and I very little against Sam Crow. I—I I really don't. He's a lovely, lovely horse. You—you you have to love what he's done this season. Um, on the clock hasn't necessarily matched up what uh, the, the visual impression. I think it's very fair to say, um, based on that evidence. Um, but that's not to say he can't, he isn't a top class horse. Not, not at all. You know, sometimes that that can be a little bit about opportunity as well. And I the only thing I have against him is his price. He's just a, a bit short. And I don't think this is a this is a bad Ballymore by any means. And I think he has a proper rival there in Next Destination, who is a horse that you know from the very beginning of this season has looked a proper one. To be fair to him, um, he wasn't far off the best bumper horses last season. And he's come forward for for hurdles, you know. He he's beaten a horse that I do really like in Cracking Smart. He's beaten him well twice, and last time was just an absolute farce of a race. They were no gallop at all in in the Grade One at Nace, and that wouldn't have suited the front, the big two. But I would knock next next destination for for maybe not being as impressive as some hoped he would be because it was just falsely run. There was no pace. He was in fr- he was given a safety first ride by Paul Townend. He was in front too soon. And yeah, I just I thought it was a, it was it was no more than adequate. But I wouldn't be knocking him based on it. And I think a return to a, a sounder surface would be no problem at all. You know, his two best runs and bumpers were were on spring ground at, at Cheltenham and Punchestown. And uh, I think there's a lot to like about him at the price. I really do. I, I suspect the closer we get, um, there will be an awful lot of people that would be happy to be with uh, next destination each way. Um, and I think he's a lovely horse I think he's going to be he has experience of Cheltenham the Cheltenham Festival and all that comes with it whereas Sam Crow um, for all the, his, his his talent um, he does lack experience somewhat in that regard he would never have been in a race that's you know as, as helter skelter as this can be I say can be because it, it'll be interesting to see how many take on Sam Crow here yeah absolutely I'm sure there will be plenty. I don't, I, think, I don't I think there'll be a shortage. I think this is going to be a decent enough field, but but go on. Yeah, that's, and that's just another question mark. It's just another question mark. And Gordon was saying to me that they, you know they'll set out to ride him, um, you know, as straightforward as they can. You know, jump off fourth or fifth, and um, uh, and try to do it as as no nonsense as they can. But um, yeah, I think that experience will stand to next destination, and and he'd be uh, at the prices he'd be 
a very fair alternative for me. And if He'd you be a very fair scumbag each way, bet would he? Uh, go wash, go wash your hands after you put on those bets, lads. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you off. Um, <laughs> Proper account closer bet now. And and if you wanted a mad one at a, at a much bigger price. Oh, I'm going to give you a mad one as well. Actually, go on. Um, who I he might not run here. He has another option. I think he, he he's in this and he's in the the potato race uh, as as you call it, Kenners. Um, is Scarpetta of Willie Mullins's. Uh, he's an interesting horse. I think he came off the flat. Um, Mark Johnson trains him, trained him, and he wasn't any great shakes. Now you'd have to say he was a mm. thoroughly average horse in a flat, rated seventy five, only cost forty two thousand. Um, he made a lovely ma- a lovely debut, hurdling debut, I should say, behind Speakeasy in a race that's worked out well, and he stepped up on that and he absolutely smashed it up. Um, two subsequent winners at Goran Park, beaten by by seventeen lengths, um, in in Cartwright and Whisper in the Breeze. Uh, which by itself is impressive, but then you go and watch the race, and the horse jumped absolutely horrendously. <laughs> it's a, it was a fair effort to, to win as well as he did. Um, he obviously would want to jump a, a, a lot better. I thought he'd jump better on his hurling debut than he did last time. Um, he got he seemed to jump a bit better when he had a lead um, on, on his hurling debut, whereas he saw a lot more daylight last time. He, he was just a bit novice He was getting into the bottom of them. He was a bit deliberate. He was a bit out to his right at times, which he obviously won't want to do here. But in a race like this where you'd imagine they'll go quicker than he has been in his maiden hurdles, um, that he could improve in that regard. His two runs over hurdles thus far have been on, on you know, testing ground. This is a horse that's won on good to firm ground on the flat. So you could be, you know, there's very much reason to believe that, that a sounder surface or certainly a less testing surface, surface could bring about improvement in him. And um, I, I just picked up a bit of an old vibe off Willie there at the media day. We're at one stage we're out watching the the horse and the gallops, and not not a whole lot has said now beyond the beyond the obvious out in the gallops. You really get into the the meat of the conversation when you go back in and and, and everyone gathers around and you you start quizzing them. But somebody I don't even know who it was. Somebody happened to stand in beside Willie and say, "Oh, what's that? What's that?" And, and Scarpetta walked by, and Willie said, "Oh, that's Scarpetta. I think he's going to improve an awful lot." And it was just a throwaway sort of comment that he didn't need to say. And he right. wasn't, you know, saying that about every horse that went by. Mm. You know, he just thought his ears kind of pricked a bit. And he, look, read into it what you will. But I, it just caught my eye at the time, or caught my ear, I should say. It could be nothing, but at the same time, those little golden nuggets uh, can, can sometimes just come from very, very little, to be well, fair. Well, I'll put it to you this way. If I, <laughs> you couldn't perceive it as a negative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he'd be interesting now, whichever one he turns up in. I think it would be... I, I'd hope he'd turn up in the Ballymore now. I know Willie isn't afraid to give horses a, a massive jumping trip, but you know, having two runs over two miles to jump up to three miles in a race like the Albert Bartlett is a, is a tough ask. Mm. Um, so if you're mind, he'd be going for the Ballymore. Um, and I, he, he'll he be a big, big price. And while I'm sure on homework, he's probably not in the same parish as next destination, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ran a nice race. Okay. The fact that you're saying that gives you an idea of just how strong the race is because I'll put forward one to Rory. Vision to Floss. And before you fall off your chair in laughter, his first three runs were when Colin Tizard's stable was just in really badly out of form. Uh, they're showing signs of coming back into form now and he absolutely bolted up last time out by 31 lengths. And he cost a fortune. £270,000. And uh, wind up before his last run. Wind up before the last run as well, and he got headgear. So uh, 
He's, he's a big price. I mean, I, I, I think I respect Sam Crow greatly. I respect Next Destination greatly. It's not a fantastic each-way betting race in that perspective. Uh, you know, if you're going to be going against Next Destination. Um, but he's, he's interesting. Just in terms of headgear, you, you mean the tongue tie? Yes, the tongue tie. Sorry, that's what I meant. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah that, that was a, well, Rory would, would, would have an opinion on this, I'm sure. But if you read it, um, if you read it literally, um, it was a very big effort. But you, you just wonder... Um, the what level the second and third ran to because you're basically picking a number out of fresh air because they clearly didn't run to 135 and 128 and they were officially rated out of match and, well uh, maybe if, they did if, and maybe if, Phil if Smith did. should be rating this horse 250 <laughs> he's better than this the Brack already but uh, what, do you, what do you make of him Rory? Um, I did ask um, Chester Williams during the week about um, Mercenaire who was second to him last time out and... Chester Williams former South African winger Chesty Williams, <laughs> what a player! Probably not, <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was confident that um, uh, uh, Mercenaire wasn't running to his mark, but that he would do later in the week or next week, I should say. Um, I find that a it was a very odd race to watch on on very heavy ground at Exeter. He's a he has absolutely cruised clear. Uh, and he's won by a, by a remarkable margin. But the whole thing about big margins on heavy ground these days, of course, they are. Um, they are about the time that elapses between the winner crossing the line and and uh, and the beaten horses, rather than the the, the physical distance between them. And um, Mercenaire was fair, uh, uh, wasn't flying at the death, let's say. And Vision to Flow, although he gave the impression there was an awful lot more to come, there wasn't anything. There wasn't anything vaguely special about the time of that race, mm. you know. Um, and I, I, there's something about it that, that clearly he's, he had a big reputation um, in the first place and he's improved for the wind operation. But that's one of those performances that, you know, if you had, if you had to put a figure on it, you wouldn't want to swear you were right within a stone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe within a stone and a half. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not saying he's, he's flattered by it, but it's, um, it's a very, very hard one to call. Um, and he hadn't looked anything... He hadn't looked at anything special prior well, to that. I know the we stab yeah, stable form. Yeah, the sta stable form had been so bad, though. So let, let's get final selection. So we're gonna we're gonna put him to one side. Um, next destination, I think, is gonna be is gonna be your each way pick. Yeah, with uh, Scarpetta, the interesting outsider, if he's declared for this. Yeah, I'll go with next destination. So as well, just from a price perspective, somewhere Johnny Ward is losing his mind. And uh, Rory, um, I'll go for Black Hawk each way. All right, on to the RSA chase. So oy oy. this is a proper one this year. Uh, Kevin Blake's going to have to get on the off the fence. He's had time to make his mind up. Ugh. He can't just sit there and say, I, I don't know what to say. Presenting Percy uh, heads the market alongside Monoly in some books. Uh, then Black Horton for Briny Frost is in uh, with Album Photo. Uh, and Dunicus, who runs here, uh, despite the fact that many people thought he would go for the four-miler. How significant, Kevin, is it that Dunicus runs for the RSA chase instead of the four-miler? I wouldn't. You know, Geganstown have, have plenty of options. they got to split him up some bit, and they decided to go here. You yeah. don't get the impression that this decision means that, actually, we could win this race. Um, I don't care what they think it means. I strongly suspect he's not within, he's not in the same parish as presenting Percy and Manley. All right, well, then let's go. Could be wrong, of let's, course. Let's find out. That's what I'd be thinking. You have talked about these horses at great length on the Final Furlong Podcast. Now is the time to make the decision. Now is the time. This is what it's all been building up to, Kevin. Your leadership has to come through. 
Your legion of followers is waiting to figure out who do we back in the RSA chase. Kevin, tell us. Is it presenting Percy or is it Monolly? Will I briefly make the both cases and then give my decision? You can, of course. Well, with Percy, the thought with him for a long time has been better ground suits him better. And his form over hurdles backs that up. His action would suggest that. And yet, he's he's flown in the face of it, really, over fences this season. He's been the most oddly campaigned horse of the season. Um, in a season where we've had some odd campaigning, I think presenting... That is a fact. I think presenting Percy has been perhaps the most oddly campaigned of all. But um, these guys aren't stupid. Far from it. Quite the opposite, in fact. And they gave... Breaking news. These guys ain't dumb. And I suppose, as we, we've mentioned on the pod before, he was given a slightly unorthodox campaign last season leading up to Cheltenham in that he had two runs in February, which is really unheard of in this day and age for a horse that's going to Cheltenham and a horse that goes to Cheltenham and bolts up um, in a competitive handicap. So I don't think the fact that he has been slightly busier than, than you might consider ideal in this day and age, I wouldn't let that put me off, but... Just that the switching, you know, he won at Galway, looked at a right good horse, beat the plotting job there. And, um, <laughs> you know, he, he was considered a disappointment behind jury duty next time, but, he, he, you know, he'd actually progressed his form. He was just a bit, just, it just didn't seem to go right for him on the day. Went to Fairy House for a three mile five handicap to Porterstown, which seemed like a bananas thing. In my head, I'm thinking, right. Um, this could just be a, a spin around to secure Mark and then look at something like the, uh, <laughs> you know, the Kim Muir or something what, like that. Whatever are you suggesting, Kevin Blake? I have no idea what you're, what you're suggesting. You know, here. the ground seems too soft and he, he goes and bolts up anyway. That's it, yes. The ground conditions were the issue. Well, and I'll tell you, speaking to some people after the race, I think his, uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a shock to connections. They didn't think he was, he, uh, he, he was in top shape on the day and he went and bolted up anyway. Um, and then he had a little break and came back over hurdles in the grade two hurdle and, and bolted up on what was horrendous ground at Goran Park. And la then a few weeks later, turns up a go. Why am I reading out this horse's form? Let's go to the pertinent piece of form here. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say. I'm biting time, aren't I? Welcome um, along to the 17 hour final furlong Jesus. podcast of day two. My apologies, man. I'm leaving my. my He's done a half speed piece of work on Tuesday. <laughs> My, my spies tell me oh, he's been catching Jesus. pigeons on the gallops. Sincere apologies. Uh, I'm leaving my sultan of succinct roots well behind me. But the, the pertinent piece of form here, I suppose, is last time. He took on our duke over two and a half miles, a trip that would be considered too short for him. I, the trip didn't really worry me because I think the horse has heaps of gears. And the ground was a big concern. And the fact that he was taking on a horse called our duke was a big concern. And he was beaten. He was beaten at length. But Davy Russell gave him a very considerate ride with a view to the future. You watch it back. He's given him a few uh, clatters down the shoulder. But he's only given him one behind the saddle. And I think if Davy had really got stuck into him, it would have been a very, very close run thing. Mm. And I know our Duke was giving him weight. But still, it was, I thought it was a very good effort. It certainly being beaten in that fashion by that distance, I wouldn't consider that a negative. And I would just be very hopeful that if we do get, you know, go to soft ground or something like that that will take him forward again um, his jumping is not as good as Monolis in my book uh, I would consider him largely a, a more of a solid jumper okay uh, which is which, you know th there's nothing wrong with that absolutely but I'm just in terms of making comparisons for the ultimate decision that will have to be made here and I just think he's, he's a well above average staying uh, staying novice chaser I'm really looking forward to seeing him here but 
I think I'm going for Monoli at the prices. After all that. After all that, I have to. I have to express my respect and regard for presenting Percy as well, because, like I said, it's been a very tough. I've been over macking these two for for quite a while, but Monoli. Well, li- listen. I'll say this: you were almost in tears trying to make a, the decision on on Wednesday's preview night. So the fact that you've actually decided to come down on one side or the other. I admire it greatly. I think I had to get there at some stage. I admire it. And I, look, I've been a fan of these two horses. I was I tipped both of these horses All for season. Cheltenham last you year. Did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been on him for a long time. And to be fair to Henry de Bromhead, he's always said with Monoli, chasing, chasing, chasing. And I know that's not a, that's not not uncommon with, with a Henry horse, but in this case, he was, you know, particularly that way inclined from from quite a long time ago, and. You know, he was just brilliant on his chasing debut. He wasn't all that far behind. You know, the likes of a of a foot pad and a petit mouchoir in terms of impression he created on his chasing debut. Um, uncontested lead and ears pricked all the way and just was was just very fun to watch. Jumped really well. And then uh, what happened at Leopardstown was unfortunate. They rode and significantly they tried to ride him a little bit quieter they they dropped him in behind the leaders and to be fair to him he jumped well until he didn't jump well and he took a purler and got a right kicking and the big concern was whether that would leave a mark and whether Leopardstown the Dublin Racing Festival would come too quick and he he dispelled both of those doubts in one swipe because they jumped out and made the running with him um, jumped beautifully again over a trip that's a bit bit shorter than ideal, I think two mile five. And while the, the, the challengers came in number and came with great strength, um for me I thought Manali w- w- was idling. I thought he was idling and he's going away from them close home. Um they finished in a small heap behind them, but they're good horses that are finishing in behind them. And I think if if that race had happened to be and I know we don't like hypotheticals, if that race had happened to be three furlongs further, um I would have seen Manali winning uh, even better mm. um, I think the trip the step up and tri- the step back up and trip I should say here and um, will be the making of him he's gone to the Cheltenham Festival last year and run, and run a stormer um, so we know he handles every uh, every challenge that the, that the Cheltenham Festival offers um, ground it'll be fine either way for him I think no matter which way it comes up I do think it'll be a help if he can get 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 um, free in the lead. I think that would be a help to him. I don't think he necessarily has to, but if he did get the lead, I but would, it would be happier. Him. Yeah, because he his jumping is just a pleasure to watch, and if he can get a length or two in this field, um, he won't be coming back to them too quick for for lack for for, for as a consequence of you know jumping that isn't fluent because he he's one hell of a horse to jump, and for all that I respect the personator, um, I'm with Manali. All right. And apologies for an exceptionally long-winded uh, set of set of statements there. So, you obviously rate these two Irish horses very, very highly. The next in the market is Black Corton. Rory, do you think that? How do you weigh up these English novice chasers against the Irish when really there's no form guide for us to go on to compare them? Uh, no, it's not. It's not that easy. Um, but at the same time these populations of horses come together often enough um, in different spheres for you to get an idea of um, of what the general level of form is. So um, there's not a... a Black Horton wouldn't have been in the same class as Monoli and presenting Percy um, over hurdles. And, um, you know, it's easy to um, uh, to kick him out of here given that he's he's come from humble beginnings over fences and he's had plenty of racing. 
Um, that hasn't always been a, a, a bar to success here. And he's improved all the time. I, My gut feeling is that he would have a decent chance on good ground, even though he won on soft at Ascot last time out. Um, I, I think his best asset, a bit like Mona Lee, I suppose, except he's shown it over and over again, Black Horton, is he's tremendously quick away from a fence. He's nimble into one. He can shorten up very nicely. Um, but he gets away from them really quickly, and that's what gets his opponents in trouble. Um, and I suppose if Monolee wants to wants to get loose in the lead, um, Black Horton doesn't want to be giving anyone too much ground. Um, and he's improved from more aggressive riding as well because it makes use of that jumping. And that's what makes this a tricky race, really. Um, because un- until you see these decent horses take each other on in a race like this, you don't know which apparently sound jumper is going to fall apart on the day. Uh, and that, that's that's often a very tricky one with uh, with novices. Often the ones who jump brilliantly early on, um, the confidence goes when, when they're under an awful lot of pressure. And horses who started off being a little bit slapdash with their jumping grow in confidence. Um, and that only comes together on the big stage. Uh, so that's a bit of a question mark between Black Gordon and Monley, especially if they're going to be ridden in similar style. I must say, like Kevin, I've always liked presenting Percy for this but I've been slightly put off by his price. The question I'm asking myself now is whether he will drift a little bit close to the day, whether you'll be getting 7-2 to two or close to 4-1 to one about Sam by presenting Percy, because if you're getting that kind of price, I think he's, he's an attractive option. Um, there is, there's a couple of other English horses I think are, are worth a mention. Elegant Escape has been beats um, Black Corton at, um, uh, at Newbury and then was second to Black Corton at Kempton looking like a stiffer test would suit him and obviously he comes from the uh, the Tizard Yard who were being quiet at uh, um, at various times in the winter but are doing better now and um, he's obviously double, double figure price um, and I don't know where he's going to run but I mean I mentioned size in Tennessee for the handicaps he's he's the type who could run a big race at a big price he's got all, completely the wrong profile for a, a grade one novice chase uh, and I would rather have seen him in a handicap um, but he, again, he would have beaten Black Horton at Cheltenham earlier this season, um, but for falling. Um, and if you look at all his runs, apart from last time out when he, he went too hard on heavy grounds, he's shaped tremendously well. Um, he, he pushed Yanworth all the way to the line. Everyone, everyone um, has come to the conclusion that Yanworth was idling badly in front, but sizing um, Tennessee didn't jump the last two fences particularly cleanly. I think if he'd pinged them, he'd have given Yanworth a lot to think about. Um, but as I said... In, you know, he'd have made a hell of a lot more appeal in a in a handicap of a mark of about you know one four seven something like that. Um, you'd have thought he's probably seven points inferior to these, but he is the type to hit the frame at a big price. Uh, and the other one to give a, a mention to is Ballyoptic, who I thought was a, a natural chaser when I saw him on debut at, at Exeter. Um, he didn't he didn't ping everything that day, but I liked the way he went about it, um, and his jumping got better as the race went on. But he's, he seemed to have a very good demeanor over his fences. And I thought he would progress really well. He then disappointed a couple of times after that um, and had me scratching my head. But they ran him, uh, National Twist and Davis, who trains him, ran him in the Titan Novices Chase at Weatherby. Just same race that Black Lion won before he won the RSA a couple of years ago. And I thought that was telling. Nigel compares him to Black Lion, says he's a, he's a, you know, he's a very similar type, which not many people agree with. Um, and he's not physically, he's not a particularly similar type. Um, but Nigel clearly thinks they're they're of very similar ability. He's a sixteen to one shot for this, and I thought, um, uh, again, talking about the grind, if it came up soft or worse, I would give him a decent chance of of, um, of hitting the frame. 
I, I think he wouldn't count on good ground. He wouldn't have the speed of a few of these. But he wasn't far off the best in, in staying hurdles last year. You know, so he doesn't lack class. Um, his jumping's been the issue with him, but I, I thought it was pretty good at Weatherby. Okay. Um, and while I wouldn't, I, I, I would say that presenting, presenting Percy and Monolly deserves to be up at the, the head of the market. Again, I'm kind of trying to chip away a little bit of, uh, of value here. And I'd probably go for Bally Optic each way at 16s. I wouldn't take shorter than that, but that's fair enough. Okay, if you can get the 16s, take that of a Bally Optic. It is Monolly for Kevin Blake. He has finally come off the fence and made a decision. All right, the car. What about you? <sighs> oh, you're on the fence, you scumbag. <laughs> Oh, you troglodyte. Um, I'm actually not on the fence, but I'm not on either of your horses. Yeah, stop. I'm on album photo each way. Okay, okay. No, we, 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 we won't knock that. We won't knock mm. that. He's a horse I really like now. Yeah, no, I like him a lot as well. And uh, I thought he, thought he ran well the other day. I, thought, I think he'll improve for the step up and trip. Uh, do you think otherwise? No, no, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I actually, um, yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. Invitation only 100% goes to the GLT, confirmed by Graham Welly, who also has told me that it's been confirmed by Willie this morning that my pick for the Coral Cup runs. I haven't. Void du He's going to run. He nice. runs in the Coral Cup. And, ju and just while we're on the RSA, did he confirm that Bonbon All Meal runs here? Bonbon All Meal does indeed run. Excellent. He will go for this race. Um, William Mullins is very keen to have a professional jockey on his back. And um, uh, as opposed to who doesn't want an <laughs> to Danny or David Mullins doesn't want an amateur riding him. <laughs> That's what he said. Okay, okay, rather than the four miler. Yeah. Okay, so, I have so, you now. <laughs> so basically, sorry, Patrick. Okay, for Patrick, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should. Well, actually, it's not me revealing it. Graham said it on the podcast, yeah. so there you go. It's out. It's public knowledge. Well, he, the one thing I'd say about Bonbon O'Meal is that. Um, when we were down at Willie's there, whatever it was last week, or, or was it, oh God, I can't even remember. Last what it Monday was. week. Um, he, there was, it was all up in the air with pretty much all of his novice herders and chasers. He gave very few solid answers for them, but Bonbon Emile was one that he said, RSA horse. Yeah, adamant he's an RSA horse. Well, I tell you, the way Graham spoke about him, I actually really liked him. And the more I spoke to Graham, the more I started to think, wait a second, am I starting to just like these horses because I'm talking to Graham? Yes, is the answer to that. Now, <laughs> yeah. But like, the answer, yeah. No, I already liked Invitation Only. I already liked Void de Rev. I already liked his Albert Bartlett horse. And I did kind of like this horse beforehand. And he just gave me a nice little vote of confidence for him. I think if you do want to back him, I wouldn't put you off in the slightest. Yeah, sure, look at him. But yeah. listen to the interview. Hear what the man himself has to say. It's available for you now on com, Apple Podcasts, and your podcast app as we head on to the Coral Cup. Oi, oi. Max Dynamite, Kevin Blake, is he going to go for this? Sure, who knows? Who knows? Uh, this is the one I'd like to see him go for. Um, that uh, would not... Well, instead of instead of playing William Mullins Bingo, let's get your pick for the race. Well, he is my pick for the race. Okay, and what's your second? <laughs> <laughs> you can explain why in a second, but what, what would be your second pick for the race as well? I haven't really talked too deeply about a second best because so many of these are just in the same boat. Yeah. They may go, they may not go. They might go to the Martin Pipe. They might go to the County Hurdle. Well, as far as I know, Sire de Burley is going to go for the Martin, Martin Pipe. Pipe and Donnie McInerney rides. Yeah, that's a that's a. I I hadn't heard about the jockey, but he, I heard. Yeah, I think I think it's Donnie rides him. Okay, I'd, I'd certainly heard that um that he was going to that race. So again, I don't have anything great to add other than what I've already said about Max Dynamite. He he, he will win one of these if they persevere with the minimum. Um, and I'd just be really interested. I know Rory doesn't agree, but I'd be 
particularly interested in, in him in this particular race just on account of the trip i think a, a longer trip yeah rory's be, be, of the, of the point that the county hurdle would be more his thing but should we all know moon race is going to win that so this <sighs> is Stop. this is the race he has to no, go i, I can see the case <laughs> for for i can see rory's case absolutely but i just think based on those last couple of runs in in the galloway hurdle and based on his run um in the in the, in the county a few years ago I just think that the, the the step up and trip he could be a bit of a revelation and he won't need to be much of a revelation that's because he's very well handicapped yeah big time big time okay so you're with Max Dynamite Rory uh, I could I could happily leave the Coral Cup alone and on we go to I'd the Queen it. Mother Champion <laughs> Chase so Altior is a very short price favourite for this race uh, for obvious obvious reasons um, that being said though Kevin Blake Duvan Min, they're coming for you. They're coming for you, Nikki. And we've got this slight bounce factor issue. We've got this second run after a wind-up issue as well. And the fact that he hasn't exactly had the most ideal of campaigns. I mean, look, I know Barry was at pains to point out it's not like it's not like he was injured. Um, it's not like he was in box rest. But he's only had the one run this season. And as impressive as he was, knocking out... Uh, the horse who has swept all before him in this division this season, Min has suddenly emerged on the scene as the real Min. So I'm going to go with him. What's your thoughts on the Queen Mother Champion Chase? Yeah, I'm with Min. I'm with Min. And Altior, like, the preparation isn't ideal, right? And, and I'm going to say something now, and I might get stick for it, but has this horse being promoted to superstar status a small bit prematurely. Now I'm going per to... Perhaps. I'll tell you what, Kevin. If you're going to get sticked, then so am I, because I agree with you. Perhaps. Because, you know, what he did as a novice was, was super impressive, obviously. And... But then you, you really dig into it, right? He smashed up Fox Norton and Newbury by 13 lengths. On paper, that looks spectacular. Fox Norton was coming back from a setback. And... and, and was not right at all according to his trainer. Yeah, produced far better form later in the season. He went and he won the Arkle, beating Cloudy Dream, and, and wasn't super impressive, I think it's fair to say. Charbel was challenging when he, when he fell. Yeah, and then he went and he smashed up Special Tiara, um, who's a lovely horse, obviously champion chase winner, but, you know, Min can smash up Special Tiara. Yeah. And... You know, coming then on his return, obviously interrupted preparation. Um, he was impressive in beating Politolog, I thought, to be fair to him. It, well, was, was. it was an ideal sort yeah. of comeback. But wasn't Harry Durham making a case that Politolog may, maybe perhaps wasn't that his very He made best. the exact same point. He said they'd let down Politolog with the view of building him back to Cheltenham. So he needed the run badly. Whereas, you know, so I find myself in a, a, sm a small bit of deja vu here. Not yeah, maybe quite is, as pronounced. This is Duvan all over again for you yeah. from last year. Yeah, I just think that this... This ha promises to be the day we find out if Altior is a superstar. And he's perhaps already priced up as if he already is one. And he could very well be. But at the prices, I think Min, based on all race course evidence thus far, um, could well be right on top of him. He could well be better than him. Hmm. And um, he's a year younger. He's only had the five runs over fences. Um, he hasn't had a lot of racing full stop. Um and look, I think they 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 know they now know what Min wants. I think they they his first two starts this season have led them to what happened last time. You know, I I wasn't a fan of trying two mile four with him 
on his on his return he was a million to one on and he won anyway but i don't think it showed him the best effect he's just too aggressive and free going for that sort of trip i think and the next day at christmas time it just went wrong and i think we found out then that you know getting involved in, in a real tear up up front just doesn't really help his cause and then last time for the first time in his life he had what i'd call a championship gallop in front of him and that looked him that looked that the penny not so much the penny drop but all the pieces were put together that and the stable were back in form i wouldn't even i wouldn't even raise that myself i don't think that was really a thing but I, I thought he was brilliant. And look, I suppose you can point out, look, oh, sure, he smashed up Simply Ned. Of course he did. Simply Ned is a good, solid horse, but he's far from a superstar. But I just really liked the way he did it. And you can only imagine that he'll be getting a championship gallop here. Special Tiara, um, the mad fella, our mad, could well be, you know, booting on from the front as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and possibly others. So they, they'll surely go a proper championship gallop here. And Min will sit in third jump his way into the race just as as he did at Leopardstown and he'll give Altior something to think about and if there is any kink at all in Altior's breathing um, and if there's if he isn't quite as good as we, we as we hope we thought he was I think Min will expose that and I'm more than happy at the price to, to go with Min and if I'm wrong I'm wrong but I think at the price he's the bet copy paste everything Kevin Blake just said and that is my view as well Rory Um, yeah, I must say I'm I'm uh, pretty much on the same page. Uh, although I have penned a piece in the Irish Field saying saying as much for out this weekend, so I've got my work to prove it. Ah. Um, <laughs> I'll say I'll say one thing about Altior. Um, in terms of preparation, the um, uh, Jimmy Lynch of Time Form came out with um with the the stats about horses who were coming back from um a minimum I think was it six or seven months absence. Um, who then won before going to the Cheltenham Festival and looked at the strike rate, um, which was eye-opening. Um, interestingly, the only winner in recent years who who had come back from an absence, won its preparation, then won at the Cheltenham Festival, was trained by Nicky Henderson. That was Riverside Theatre. Mm. Um, but of course, if you go back 30 years, you'll find a horse called See You Then, who would have fitted the bill on several occasions. Uh, Nicky could only afford to get a, a prep into him very late in the day. His season started in February. Um, see you then every year, and sometimes in early March. Uh, and yet he always had him spot on for the champion hurdle. So if anyone's capable of doing that and bucking the trend, it is Nicky Henderson. And the other thing, the other positive for, for Altior is that, unlike most horses who had an, an enforced absence, I think Nicky was always working backwards from the champion chase. I think if he needed to, if he wanted to win any race pre-Christmas, he could have rushed Altior back after a wind up. Um, and I think a lot of people were confused when he said, well, it'll be a month's box rest and then we'll, you know, we'll have to work him back up from that. And whether we'll, whether he'll be ready for a prep run, we don't know. And, uh, you know, most people in that situation with a wind operation, which he knew about at the start of November, would have thought it'll only knock him back three weeks maximum. Um, but Nicky didn't really want to win any other race than the champion chase. So hmm. he looked at how the, how the program would go and thought, no, no, I'm happy to ride off the winter. Um, and I know I want to have him spot on for March so I can bring him straight in for that or I could run in the, um, uh, in the game spirit. And maybe he was, when he talked about maybe no prep race, maybe he was aware of how they couldn't go backwards a little bit for the first run. And he was only going to run him at Newbury if he was happy that, that he would come forward rather than bounce from that. Mm. Um, so I think the chances are he won't. But in saying that, the stats are quite compelling. 
uh, anyway. And the one thing they tell you is you probably shouldn't be backing a horse at odds on um, with that profile. Uh, and I also agree that, you know, the only horse that has ever beaten Min is Altior. And that was in a race where, where Min picked up an injury as well. Mm. And I know connections have been keen to get revenge ever since that. Um, he'll, he'll clearly be spot on for this. He, he did show improved form uh, winning the Dublin Chase last time out. And he's just had the right preparation. Uh, and that's very important for championship races at at, um, at Cheltenham. Um, the other horse who, bear, who needs a mention is Politolog. Um, you, you touched on it briefly. I suspect that he needed the run as badly as um, as Altior did, maybe maybe more than Altior did in the game spirit. And I think it's dangerous to judge him on that. He's overpriced now for for a horse who's won the Tingle Creek and won the Desert Orchid and won the um, uh, the Halden Gold Cup as well. Um, how he's touching twenty to one on Betfair is beyond me. Mm. You know, I think if you want to take if you want to take a punt on one at a big price, go win only him on the exchanges, um, or indeed you know back him. If you want to be really scumbaggy, back him each way without the favourite. Um, you know, you're, you're getting you're getting a decent return on your money for that. Mm. Um, and you can you can poke holes in him to a degree. I don't think Fox Norton was at his best when Politolog beat him in the Tingle Creek. But you know, he keeps he's he's a Grade One winner over this trip this season, and he's improving all the time. And he's shown that that um, they had him wrong in the first place. I think they were trying to turn him into a Gold Cup horse somewhere down the line. But clearly, two miles is his trip. And he's thrived for it. And he's had exactly the campaign that Paul Nichols wants him to have. Everything's gone exactly to plan every step of the way. And that has to be a positive as well. And just briefly, Rory, to bring you back to Altior, um, I, th- I thought it was one of the more one of the most interesting things Barry said the other night was, uh, which which I wasn't aware of. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's public knowledge, but uh, he said that with Altior after the the procedure that he had, whatever it was. Um, that they basically didn't they, they didn't stop with him they didn't have to it was a minor procedure and they basically kept kicking with him um so you the case that you know he's not the, the most obvious candidate for the bounce for a bounce mm. i should say is, is there i think because i think a bounce would generally come about and i know it's one of these mystical things that not everyone really uh it's very hard to quantify well that's it, it but uh, yeah. for for me a candidate for the bounce is a horse that's been rushed back and and put up a big effort when not at peak fitness, and yeah. then has run back relatively quickly. Yeah, relative although quickly. although you could you could look at Faheen in the Morgiana versus Christmas, and say is that not a classic bounce? But the same scenario with him, he was kept on the go. Yeah, that, um, that's it. I think. It, yeah, so so that that's the thing that's hard to quantify. You wouldn't mm. have said he was an obvious one for it as well, but actually maybe the fact that he was kept on the go has actually caused him to, to recoil for, for I, some I, reason. I wonder, I, I think at the end of this, like if Altior wins, we're obviously going to be saying, oh, an absolute superstar, you know, we were fools to take him on. But it is just going to be a case of if he gets beaten, we'll all be going, ash, it was obvious, wasn't it, the bounce factor? Yeah. He can't go yeah, he's not, Again, I, you know, if, if, he, if he was a two-to-one shot, I wouldn't be rushing to take him on. But, you know, he's, there's nothing in his price that takes... It takes into account that there are any worries with him at all. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's coming into this race like he's had the perfect season. And exactly. that's not the case. There's so, absolute trust in Nicky Henderson in his price. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, history shows that you should trust Nicky. Um, but it doesn't always work. Hmm. Um, and however good you are at it, um, if they can't be brought back, Remittance Man is a very good example of a horse who was... Rory's um, moved to the moon there very temporarily. He came back from, from a bit. Either, either Rory's moved to the moon or he's had a couple of rounds with Nicky. I'm not entirely certain which of the two it is because when the voice slows down, <laughs> it does start to go a little... 
I think he was going to make a very eloquent point about Remittance Man, but the important thing is that Min is Rory's selection. Uh, Min is your selection. Min is my selection. Where's the wheelbarrow, Kevin? We should be having as much as we can on here, or you should possibly be taking... Um, no, I think I think this is one you could you could have a bit of a lash at. Yeah, I'm going to have a proper uh, go at him. You know, like, you, you form an opinion, you take your chance, and if Altior goes and absolutely bolts up here and wins, smashes up Min fair and square, I'll be standing up applauding them. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. We, you know, we love to see superstars in this game. In this particular case, I'm I'm willing to bet against them being a superstar. But if I'm wrong, that's the great thing about this game, lads. We can we can we can be wrong and still enjoy what happened. Well, listen, two years ago, <laughs> so, some more so than others. <laughs> two years ago in Cheltenham, I applauded Altior back into the winners' enclosure and sur- was surrounded by friends who had all backed Altior and made an absolute fortune off him. Meanwhile, I'm there having, you know. Shoulders slumped initially after he crossed the line after Ming got beat, but um, no, I think we'll we'll uh, we'll go for it again, Kevin. If we're either right or we're wrong, but we'll find out in the Queen Mother Champion Chase. We're going to talk about the most important, the biggest, and the best race of Cheltenham 2018. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Next, the final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Your ultimate guide to the Cheltenham Festival is now available for you at attheracescom forward slash Cheltenham. This year's mega site is complete with race cards, anti-post odds, stable tours and tips from our top team, dark horses for the festival and those all-important stats guides to keep the final furlong team happy. Barry Geraghty will also be back with his exclusive blog on all four days. Visit attheracescom forward slash Cheltenham today and prepare properly for the biggest week of your year. The biggest race at the Cheltenham Festival. It's on. The big guns. Both from the same stable. It's Gordon Elliott versus Gordon Elliott. Kevin Blake versus Emmett Kennedy. Jamie Codd versus some nobody. Cause of cause. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ah, stop. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. It's just, you're not on my team. You're not on my team. I'm having to have a go at you. Good God. Good God. <laughs> cause of causes versus, I know, Tiger Roll. Cause of causes obviously wins the cross-country chase. Kevin Blake, your argument. in. Hey, look, the time for talking's done here, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've had our sparring. You'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. We, we, we've had our sparring. But it's time for the for the big for the big fight now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only go so far as throw bre- as Tiger rolls at, at a baying crowd and in, in, in the goat. Which many of our audience, uh, our our eagle-eyed audience, managed to spot was not actually Tiger rolls. Thank the, you very much for they, that. They, they might have been Jabata rolls, but that's yeah, just it, purely <laughs> media speculation. Never, never, never let the <laughs> truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> uh, but uh, this will be fun, won't it? This will be fun. I, I love the wait. I love the cross country race anyway. And it, to be fair, it's been good to us over the years. Mm. Um, cause of cause is a smashing horse. Ah, really, uh, that's good of you to say, Kevin. No, he really is. He's, he's an absolute belter. And I've no reason to believe he won't run his race. Um, but I do genuinely, all joking and piss taken aside, I genuinely think Tiger Roll will put it up to him. Um, he's on his day. And, and we have to say this as well about Tiger Roll. He's always been a horse that he either goes or he doesn't, lads. Yeah, that's <laughs> because true. Because he has his share of off days. Yeah. But he's just the type of horse that... 
the, the likes of a cross-country chase will, will mentally stimulate and hopefully make him into a, a more consistent horse because... Uh, you know that's quirky, quirky old what, what, what does Tony Keenan call them? Quirky old quirk um, bags. Quirk, uh, quirk, quirk bags. That's the one. Quirk yeah. bags. Quirk bags uh, can often be set alight by by the cross country discipline, and I I just really liked his his first spin in that sphere back in December. Uh, in particular, he really attacked the banks with relish, which is always the big concern. Whatever about your your other kind of slightly unorthodox uh, fences and, and obstacles, the banks are the ones that really uh, sort out the men from the boys in the, in this particular discipline. And he took to those really well under a, a more restrained ride than he's often given. And I suspect with that under him and with the fact that they've taken him away to, to Cheltenham again to get some schooling into him, you know, Keith Donahue, I'd say, will, will be much more positive on the on this day. And um, to quote the great man Gordon Elliott, to be honest about it, lads, he's in flying. I like the way that you just inserted your own beep, saving Producer D some of the hassle and some of the work then that will be required a little bit later on. Yeah, he, he was very bullish about how well this horse is going. And, you know, races like this aren't won at home in the gallops, but it's certainly no negative. No. And I'm really looking forward to this. I think it should be a great spectacle. This is, you know, we, we don't want to forget about Edna. <laughs> You know, he has the 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 horse that, of course, weight is no object to Josie's well, orders. We'll we'll deal with him in a minute. I'll just first of all say that Labrick Hurdle, which he won on quite soft ground, if I remember, Davy Condon gave him. He came from the clouds. Is to that go the race Davy Condon got a six-month ban for basically for the whip? <laughs> I think it, it may very well have been. It, it was, I think he got a hefty ban for that one. <laughs> uh, I, I think he. I think he got a nice. I think what he what he actually got was a nice holiday and a very good bonus as the horse won at twenty-five <laughs> to one. Yeah. Um, the going that day was heavy, by the way. I will then, Kevin Blake, take you on a little journey with our good friend Cause of Causes. He's a great horse, Kennedy. You know, we've had list off his many CV. good memories with. First of all, <laughs> second when robbed back in twenty fourteen at Cheltenham. A year later wins we know uh, the four miler under Jamie Codd another year later wins under Jamie Codd another year later wins the cross country under Jamie Codd and genuinely we tipped him each and every time we did and he finished second in the Grand National with an absolutely blistering ride from Jamie Codd and he will win once again under Jamie Codd the cross country is cause of causes downstairs in our uh, production suite, there is a bottle of Moet given to us by one of our lovely listeners, Jane, I'm at the Jane. preview night. And it goes to the winner, either Kevin Blake with Tiger Roll or me with Cause of Causes. Or Are if neither of them win, it goes to some homeless man. That we, that no, it goes to whoever street. finishes in front. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Don't be stupid. <laughs> what if they both fail to complete? Then I win. Can we, can we give it to the homeless then? Then, then I win by default. Um, <laughs> it's all about Cause of Causes. He goes and wins. Durant Rory, Jones. settle it for us. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of couple of points to throw in there, of course. Do you remember the time Tiger Rule nearly won the champion hurdle? Um, would <laughs> he be, would, he would have won it. He would have won it if his back wasn't in pieces. His, his back was, ba- was totally ruined, Rory, yeah, as, as is well established at this stage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and can anyone name the last horse to win three different chases at the Cheltenham Festival? With the exception of Cause of Causes. Before Cause of Causes, yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus. No, no idea. Know. No idea. Um, you're going back a fair old way. Um, sure. Listen, listen. Of course, 
What what are you doing taking us back to 19 dickity do? Come on, who is it? 1954. Oh, for God's sakes, man. <laughs> back in the days when you had about nine nine odd the seven springs handicap chase and stuff at the Cheltenham Festival. I, know, uh, I, will, I will throw uh, the bird lip selling hurdle. Indeed, that wouldn't count, obviously, for our purposes. But but anyway, that's um that's not relevant to to our point. Now it's just remarkable that um, the cause of causes is doing that. You know, sixty years after. Uh, uh, after it was last achieved. Um, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here rather than choosing between uh -oh. Tiger Roll and Cause of Causes because I think this is actually a genuinely competitive race. Um, what? <laughs> and um, it, it's, it's getting that way. It used to be a great betting risk because there were only two horses you could give any chance to uh, in this and they both carried green and gold. Um, and that's no longer the case. But I think you can look beyond... Um, Irish runners here. Which what? Is, which may sound, that may sound like it's um, it's sacrilege, but I think it's a matter of time before the French win. Oh, I knew you were going this oh, way, Rory. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Sm I, sm um, I smelled the garlic from here. <laughs> <laughs> and this time last year, I put up um, pushed him to Greg Gone uh, to win this. He was a, a big prize when he won a handicap um, up the track in January. And he was a big price handy post for this. And and a lot of people said, Asher, oh, sure, he's only won a handicap, though. And this is, this is a, a level weight chase. What we found in the past, and, and Kevin touched on with Josie's orders, weight doesn't make the slightest bit difference at all, does it? It's no object. No weight, object. no object. <laughs> you know, and it, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, I thought he was really impressive that day. He absolutely bolted up under Felix the Giles. He's had two runs since. He finished second. He, he wasn't right um, this time last year. He missed, he missed the festival because he was under cloud. He came back after a break and finished second in the Pardubitska in the Czech Republic. Um, and then he was a good third um, in the handicap here at the, at the November meeting. I think he went very well, again, under Felix de Giles. I think he's just very well suited to this course and to the discipline. Uh, and he's going to be ignored. You can get about 16 to 1 about him now. But I would recommend leaving him alone at the post, waiting for him to turn up, and backing him on the day, either on the tote or the exchanges, and you'll get double those prices. Okay, that's sound advice. Obviously, you're backing him in an exacta, and now decide. You have to choose. Is it cause of causes, or is it Tiger Roll? <laughs> <sighs> oh, uh, Tiger Roll. Oi, oi! <laughs> I'll tell you what, whatever happens, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this race. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this race. I'm not one, for, I'm not, I'm not one for getting emotional now oh. in, in the aftermath of a race, but I might be a bit unbearable if oh. Tiger Roll wins. <laughs> I'm going to be freaking out once Cause of Causes has crossed the line uh, in front. It's... Okay, the Fred Winter Juvenile Handicap Hurdle. Kevin, we oh, wrap yeah. this up pretty quickly. We're both on Act of Valor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Act of Valor. I made the case, um, I would hope, nice and succinctly and clearly last week on our Handicaps podcast. But in a nutshell, looked like he could be a try. A good horse in the flat. Mm. Uh, no, no. A very good horse in the flat. Rated uh, 97 at the minute. And looked like a potential triumph hurdle horse winning at Newcastle first time on ground that would have been softer than ideal. Um, the horse he beat uh, is called Look My Way. And is likely to run in the triumph. And uh, sorry, in the Fred Winter, I think off a mark of one three five, and he smashed them up good and proper. So that puts that, that gives a little bit of context into into what he was achieving there. Went to Doncaster and ran um, terribly. Um, 
I filled his trousers. I think I might have described yeah, it that as, was your uh, description, yes. on Wednesday um, and ran terribly. No particular reason emerged, but I think Paul Nichols, who has an exceptional record in the um, Fred Winter, um, what I, which I can't totally remember at the minute, but I'll try and find it here in front of me. And I think after that, Paul Nichols would have um, re-evaluated his plan with this horse and basically said, right, this could be a Fred Winter horse. And went to up to Musselboro with him for a listed hurdle and had the misfortune to bump into a grade one winner in We Have a Dream and looked like he might beat him for a little for a few strides, but maybe just found himself needing the run a little bit with Paul having left a bit to work on. I think the handicapper has been very kind in giving him one three six. I think he definitely could have gone one forty or higher if he'd wanted to. And uh, the better ground, based on his flat form, should very much suit. I suspect Nichols has uh, will have the revs up to maximum for this. And um, Harry Derham wouldn't have put us off <laughs> the other week. No, no, no. I, I think it's very much fair to say. And um, I'd be looking forward to this. And I'm going to find those stats because they're right here. Oh, I have it for you. <laughs> the roll of honour for the Fred Winter Handicap Hurdle involving Paul Nichols is as follows. 2016, Diego de Chamel. 2015, Quilando. 2010, Sanctuaire, who absolutely bolted up. That's his winners of the race. He's also had uh, a lot of horses placed in it, and he had the 1-2 a number of times as well. Well, I'll give you this. In the last eight renewals of it, Nichols has had 16 runners, and that has resulted in three winners, four seconds, and I think another four might have finished in the frame. That is some going. In a, in, a, in a handicap at the Cheltenham Festival. As well as winning three of the last eight renewals, he's had four seconds, a third, a fourth, and a fifth from 15 yeah, runners. From 15 runners? That's insane. That is some record. Um, and this fella just looks like one that's been sort of teed up for it. Yep. Um, I don't think it was the plan all along, but I think it, it might have been the revised plan from kind of Christmas time. And yeah, I really like him. And one I would give a mention to, because it's looking increasingly likely she'll get a run, is um is Joseph's filly Grey Waters? Um, I don't think she's thrown in now by any means, but no. But we we were doing a a stable tour for Matchbook with uh, Joseph, who's now a brand ambassador for us on Monday, and we were talking to ching him. Ching. We were talking <laughs> to him uh, about, about. Well, do you want to do that for yourself as well, there? Um, yeah. <laughs> <ching ching>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were talking about her and. Yeah, he'd very much like to get a run, but that was the that was the issue was was she going to get in? But it's now increasingly looking like she will, as you yeah, said. Yeah, I think she will. There's been a few taken out there at the at the at the six day stage. Um which She's number twenty seven on the list now. Yeah, she only needs four to come out now, yeah. or, or five, sorry, and that's that's it was it was eight or nine a few days ago, so it, I think it's looking increasingly likely she might get a run. And look, I don't think she's tossed in off her mark. You know, she's been doing her best all winter to be fair. Um, but what I would say is that coming back on a sounder surface will suit, assuming she gets it. And what would also suit, I think, will really suit in my book is the increased emphasis on stamina that she should get here. And um, yeah, she's a big old price, and I just could see her running all right. She's a consistent filly. Um, you know, she was outclassed in Grade One company, but managed to sneak into third for that black type. Absolutely, big result. Nice job. Um, and I think she could run okay at a, at a wild, wild price. If that's what you want, um, I think she'd be a reasonable option for you. Okay. Rory, briefly, your thoughts on the Fred Winter? Um, I don't think it looks a terribly strong race at this stage, and, and uh, I'd agree that the one that jumps off the page is, is Active Valor. Um, I was looking at the Irish Challenge, trying to, trying to find something, and, and wasn't looking as far down as um, um, as Joseph's filly. But I didn't think it was a terribly strong a bunch of, of um, Irish horses this year. 
Um, the one that I thought was was vaguely interesting at the prices, um, but again not guaranteed to gain, was uh, Vision Debt of Noel Meads. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the plan is with him. He's not booked up. Um, he's he's pretty much any price you like, but he showed improved form to win at um, at Cork last time out. Um, it was only a maiden hurdle beating Azure Emery, um, but showed a decent turn of foot. Did get the you know the run of the race to some degree from the front, but I thought that suggested that he was going forwards. And the mark of 125 compared to the the other Irish runners in the race, I thought it looked reasonably fair. And I couldn't understand why he was such a big price unless he wasn't an attended runner, but. Um, I just keep half an eye on him, and the other one I mentioned on the the, the, the podcast we did last week uh, was Knight of Glory, um, who is jogged up. Paddy Brennan will ride if Knight of Glory gets into the race. On flat form, he's very well handicapped. Rated one two two over hurdles, he was rated um, ninety six on his final flat start. Um, he hasn't been a um, a good jumper of hurdles thus far. He's had three starts over hurdles. Um, winning the last of them at Fontwell, where he showed a good turn of it from the last. And he's, well, he won in the flat in the middle of that as well. You need to jump a lot, lot better, but that's the key to him. If, if he do get his jumping sorted out, then he's liable to, to improve well beyond his mark. And if he doesn't, clearly he's not going to be competitive. But he's number 29, and I think he's probably unlikely to get in off that. But I thought, you know, at 25 to 1, um, he's another one you keep an eye on if he manages to sneak in at the bottom. Sure, you may he, as well do the one. Tony Keenan route if Tip a Horse is going to be a non-runner. Why not? And we'll finally wrap up so with the champion bumper, just the a, last race a quick of the day. Word. It has to be very, 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 very brief. quick. If Knight of Glory does get in and you are at the race course, go have a look at him because he has a magnificent head. He does, to be fair. He, he does. He, have you seen him? Yeah, I have. Yes. You He's haven't a seen looking him. Horse. He's when a did you see him? Looking horse. You've never on seen the telly. You've never seen Knight of Glory in your life. On the telly and on the flat. You're so blind. <laughs> um, he's got a big I'll call it a big stamp of a Cedar Stars head on him big big ear big eye wide forward just real striking looking head fine looking horse <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing unbelievable I've obviously seen him <laughs> I've never seen the horse yeah here's another horse I've never seen Rhinestone never <laughs> saw him in my life him I was well, you at the yard the other yeah, day yeah, you yeah. idiot it's a rare exception <laughs> oh, there you go. Just uh, proof perfect that Kevin Blake doesn't have a clue what he's talking uh, about. Sh- so I'll probably side with Rhinestone. This race has obviously lost some interest to Holographic coming out, uh, which is a real shame. I know you were quick in on him. There was, there was a couple of been words been said there to us, interestingly, at the preview night, and one of them has come to fruition. <laughs> well, and look, you, you hear so many things, and we could never repeat them because most of it turns out to be rubbish. But uh, uh, two people, individuals, came up to me and said that both Holographic and Black Bow were out of the champion bumper. Yeah. So they got they were half right, but they're half wrong as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> keep an eye. Keep an eye on I the old know. betting. I would. <laughs> keep an eye on the betting. No, uh, Black Bow is going to be very, very interesting if he goes. But this does now make it very interesting with Rhinestone because you've been pretty confident you can turn the form around. So quickly again, Kevin Blake, Rhinestone has been your, I think he's been your, your idea of the winner for a while. Or no, no, best. Holographic is my idea of the yeah, winner. Yeah, but no, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone now, unfortunately. And look, I, my, that's the, my main interest gone out of the race. I'll be, I'll be cheerleading rhinestone here um, and there's a definite case for him reversing the form with black bow i think um but look we know what the bumper is like it's so much of this just comes down to look and running it's a carnage of a race um i see barry garrity is jocked up on did they leave did they leave you out too which he told us i don't get in to be fair but he also said it the other night the previous night yeah so i don't know it uh, no, the official line is it hasn't been decided yet but derek could well ride rhinestone 
um, and that would be a good result in my book. Uh, but we'll just wait and see, wait until declarations. Who knows what's going to happen? I think they're expressing a ground concern about uh, about the other one. Uh, did they leave you out too? So perhaps if it's soft, he won't run, and Barry will ride Rhinestone. So we'll just wait and see. There's nothing officially confirmed with, with Rhinestone just yet. Um, but look, if he gets to look and running, and I think he's he's streetwise enough for this. He he's had three runs, but he's more experienced than that suggests. You know, this is a horse that would have been in Barry Doyle as a young horse, and uh, he he has seen more than his, his bare form would suggest in terms of experience. And uh, I think he might cope well, cope better, we'll say, with, with what can be a very rough race than uh, than some of these. I've never seen Nightman. <laughs> of course you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the the only reason I say it is because I I was um doing a stable tour with with Michael O'Callaghan one one time it was it might have been a year and a half ago and he was there I'm pretty sure he hadn't run at the time and he he literally is caught my eye from across the, from fifty yards away with his head out the door yeah. and I said Gee, what's that and went a bit closer he just the sweetest. Um, nicest old head on the horse. I've been see. to Michael Callahan's with you, but I haven't seen that horse. I've seen him on the telly, obviously, but I haven't seen him up close. To yeah, he's to he's, a, he's a he's a striking looker. Certainly, his head anyway. Whatever about the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other question. I might take a chance to regulate, but I'm definitely back in rhinestone. For sure. What are you laughing at? <laughs> uh, Kevin's getting giddy because he knows Nick looks coming on the show, right, Rory? Uh, I'm not a massive fan of punting the bumper, to be perfectly honest. But I, I don't know bumper. Sure the... Oh wait, go ahead, go on. Hey, come on. Um, did they leave you out too? Uh, both on his his uh, debut in an all-weather bumper, which was remarkable. I know it's not some of the best form you'll see, but it's well worth watching the replay of that race. And again, I'd ask it last time out. We showed a really good turn of foot. He probably does need a sound dish surface. Um, but then again, given given. Um, uh, the op- the fallback option of rhinestone, I suspect he doesn't run if the grind goes against him. Mm. Um, but if it's if it's sort of good to soft um, or marshy on the soft side, I think we'll take a chance with him. And okay, um, he would just be just be my pick. That'll do. Just because you sound like you're on the moon, so I'll get your best each way bet of the day, Roy Delargy. Um, urgent to Gregan in the old cross country, you lunatic. You're playing for for one place. That's absolute madness. <laughs> Kevin Blake. Um, briefly distracted there. We're we talking naps or best each way. Best each way. Oh, you know what I want to do, <laughs> but I just feel so dirty. I mean, I feel filthy. No, no, not quite that filthy, but pretty close enough now. Oh, I know what you want to do. You want to go next destination each yeah, way. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. I'll go next destination each way then. No, I'll go Active Valor. I'll go Active Valor. Okay. Um, I'll go Rhinestone. Okay. Uh, nap of the day. Kevin Blake. Oh, I don't know. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible dead air. Um, min. Right. Min. I'll go with min. There you go. Now, now that'll show you 
That'll tell you the confidence he has in Tiger Roll. Cause of causes is the nap of the meeting, let alone the day. And he's sitting there, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and he could have, he could have, he, he had long enough to think about it. See, Forget you about see, it. See Forget a, about it. No, 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 I'm fading you off now. You had your opportunity to go and do it. Forget about it. Roy DeLarge, your nap of the meeting. Oh, for day two, obviously. Um, I'll go min as well if I'm alive. Yeah, perfect. That's grand. All right, we're done. Yeah. Uh, that is the day two of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, done and dusted. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully there's some uh, good information and a few winners in there for you as well. Our day three preview will be out very, very soon, if not now, uh, with Nick Luck. And on Sunday, we're recording our day four preview with Tony Keenan and with Paul Nichols' assistant trainer, Harry Derham. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you very, very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. From Rory DeLarge. Good night. From Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from me, Emmett Kennedy. Go on, Cosa Causes. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18+. Plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.